In the reading corner today, I'm joined by Diana Mayo. This is a very special podcast for me. Uh, Diana and I have known each other for some time. And a long time ago, we used to co-convene a group called the Just Imagine Illustrators Group. I was so delighted to see Diana's illustration for Tony Mitten's The Snow Ghost, which is recently published into paperback. So I'm especially pleased today to be welcoming Diana and having the opportunity to talk a little bit more about how this book came together. Well, tell us about the story in your words. Okay, so it's it's a story about a ghost, but it's it's effectively um, like the snow coming out of the sky. Um, Tony Mitten wrote the story, and I think he wrote it in a very timeless way. It's 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 not set it in any particular time. For me, it's got a really magical lyrical. Um, obviously, it's a rhyming story, but it's a lyrical story about um, that the excitement and the magicalness of snow that arrives for children. And just to give an idea of where the plot goes, the snow ghost tries to land in the town but doesn't feel welcome there and actually moves on up into the sort of fells and uh, the rural rolling hills. And eventually, after the children delight in playing in the snow, uh, the snow ghost settles into uh, basically into the countryside on the roof of uh, the farmhouse there. So it is a gentle story. You've talked about the magic in this. When you first got this uh, manuscript to work on, what were your first feelings about how you wanted to approach it? I think having something that was magical needed to almost be something um, abstract. I felt like maybe it wasn't something that was too obvious for children, and maybe we had um, we weren't they weren't even sure what it was that was coming out of the sky. They saw the snow, but there was some sort of character, some sort of being that was coming towards them. Um, and the original way um, I, I imagined illustrating the ghost was um, as an abstract being, and I actually um, did lots of drawings and sketches where it was almost just like this uh, uh, coloured snow glittering dots that were coming into the sky. Um, and that was the first thing that children were going to see. Um, I imagined that they, we, all they were to see was at two, three dots on the first spread and then gradually um, it would build and build and maybe get a hint of some sort of being um, by the end of the story. Um, and that's how it actually started. That's really interesting. We're going to look um, uh, and talk in a moment about some of the images that you worked on and a process through that. But I think this idea of coloured dots to represent snow is really quite original. Often people just think about blankets of white. So colour is not the first thing that comes to mind when you think of snow. No, I think, I think, I, I mean, I remember feeling like as a child or even now you look up into the sky and you don't know what it is. And you, you often, you, if it's the evening, you might see sparkly lights or depending when you are. And it's this glisteningness and it, it, the, just the feeling of something completely silent floating down. I think the colour just added something. If it was just white dots, I did well, for a start, it wouldn't be that interesting as a spread. And it just added that element of of etherealness or um, otherworldliness. And and you there's no doubt that if you put a lot of white um, dots on the page, but then you had a few different colours, your eye will go to it and it makes your eyes float around the page. And I think it's, if you were looking up into the sky and you first saw snow, 
that's what you sort of do. Your just eyes are darting around, and it just it, it made I don't know just that movement made it more believable. So so yeah, that's why I started with the coloured dots, and and I imagine it would just slowly build. The story definitely gets a suggestion just at the beginning. There's just a few flakes coming down, and then I want I knew the story develops where there's more and more on each spread um, as this, uh, the snow is coming throughout the book. So by the end of the book, they've gathered and gathered and definitely become a blanket. Mm. I also love the, uh, something that you just said there um, about this way in which your senses, not just sight, change yeah. during snowfall. And you talked about the quietness that settles. That's the thing that always... Uh, Catches me, catches me is the sort of muffling of sound. And it's always interesting, I think, to talk to people like yourself who try to represent sound and silence visually. I think you're right. I think that's it. It's snow. If you see rain or wind or storms, it's, it comes with sound. Snow doesn't. <laughs> so it's, it's finding a way but yet it's just as magical almost more magical because there is no sound so yes yeah, it's, it's finding a way of representing that I'd like to talk a little bit about the the story itself and how you map that out so that it's not a flat story you create a story that has got peaks and troughs quiet points and has a crescendo and a climax if you like and then moves back to quietness again and what does that mean for you in terms of planning out and thinking about the illustration? I think a lot, most picture books need that um, introduction. So you start with introducing characters. So here we, we do start with the um, ghost. And there's all, I feel like most picture books, in a 12-spread picture book, the pace can't be con- the constant. It, it needs to build. Um, you might have a repetitive theme, which this book does. So it, it visits different places, three or four different places. And then you almost need to give a little bit of a, a solution or a climax to the ch- to children reading it. And then once they've got, if you like that, then we need to do a conclusion or a, a, a bring it back round again. So so we solve what's bit, either the problem. In this case, um, the ghost is obviously looking for somewhere. So the snow ghost is looking for a home. And um, so she's introduced searching for something and I think the pace that I was aware of is that she's searching quite happily to start with she's just looking for somewhere to settle but as she goes to different places and she doesn't feel at home the pace needs to build a little bit as she's searching a little bit more um not quite frantically but she's she's searching because she's getting a little bit anxious she wants to find somewhere to settle and wants to find somewhere where she's going to be happy so I need to build that visually so we started off in the first page spread of the book is where she's she's quite distant so floating gently in the sky and you're almost up at her level so the ghost is actually flying in the sky and the um, illustration I did is where she's looking down um, onto a town in the distance and for the first few spreads, she gradually comes closer into the land. And you're sort of, as the um, viewer, you're w- working with her. So you're mm-hmm. at the eye level of the snow ghost. The next spread is where she's above a town, but you're getting a little closer. The, the story leads us away from the town. Um, and then she's travelling again. So you're back with her um, against the dark sky. So she goes through these few different places. But as she feels closer to finding where home might be we then as the viewer come down towards the land so she comes and she does find some children 
um, who, who she then starts to, to get interested in. And then the viewer comes down with the ghost to the level of the children. So I think, and then the, the visual um, elements means that I'm, I'm then drawing things that are much closer up. So um, you're then bringing down the eye down towards the children and you're much closer to the snow ghost. So she's actually almost not visible um, at some of the spreads. I love the image of the two children making snow angels and her embrace around them. It's almost like a complete circle that's created with her arms and their legs as you sort of have that very inclusive picture. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It was quite a tricky spread to do this one. I mean, I I feel really happy with the way it turned out. But I mean, we all know the snow angel um, shapes and the children I felt need you do need to be looking above them just to really see that angel shape. But because the ghost is a white shape, if if I'd drawn the ghost above them, obviously we wouldn't see the children. So the ghost, I almost had to twist side on, but she she also wanted, I wanted it to feel like she's embracing them. So her, although they're not quite arms, this sort of shape of her, the snow is then enveloping them. So it's a mixture of you've got this character working with them, but I also wanted to suggest that it's just snow in itself is now really landing a lot. So we've now got full on snow um, landing on the ground. Um, she's obviously brought all this snow with her and um, she's, she's yeah, feels like she's playing with them. And there's a real, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a joy to the picture. I have to say, um, I love to hear about how people overcome challenges with their artwork and it does work really well the next spread however is possibly one of my favorites in the book Um, this is the climactic moment isn't it that's right Nikki so we're we're now we're looking it's a bird's eye view but we're quite close so the viewer is looking um so we're looking right down onto the two children um I did have to get my two children to pose for me my two children are a lot older than these two children the children in the book are five six-year-olds my two teenagers um kindly posed for me while I stood on a chair and took pictures above from above (laughs) because they're quite foreshortened so yeah I mean illustrated we quite often have to um make do when we're trying to get reference so yeah I took lots of photographs and tried to sort of draw them they're basically yeah foreshortened so we've got tiny feet and obviously large heads and it's it's a big swirling picture although it's quite gentle it still feels like a gentle snowy picture and again the the snow ghost is swirling and playing with the two children Um, but again I've had to sort of turn her around so I really wanted to show her face and and so we use illustrator's license where I've had to turn her up to upside down effectively she's above the two children but I hope I still get the impression that she's playing with them Um, so yeah it's all sort of twisting perspectives if you like. I want to talk a little bit about your process of through you know making a rough to the final image and and what that's like for you and you selected some pictures for us to talk about one of the things that struck me initially in the set that you sent me they are of a farmhouse the farmhouse that's in the story and I was looking for where this particular image occurs in the book 
And it okay. doesn't exactly, does it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. The, um, the first um, image that I sent you is a thumbnail sketch. And when I say thumbnail, I really do um, draw tiny little images, maybe two inches long. So the spreads are sort of landscape shape. And, and the first, um, very first roughs I draw are tiny little roughs. And it's purely to get out the um, composition. Of, of the spread so I know that I want to have um, a suggestion of the snow ghost dots um, flying in the sky and I want to have some sort of uh, buildings but actually it's not the cottage building mm. the cottage building comes your farmhouse comes um, right at the end but I wanted to set a scene where it's really cold it's blustery but there's not a lot of snow settled yet but the very first thumbnail I sent you is it's literally just a an open scene to suggest a huge vast sky just setting a really cold setting um possibly at sort of four or five o'clock during the day um that was my original idea and from from a thumbnail rough if i we i then um, i'm in negotiations all the time with the um editor and the art director and um depending on you know an, an agreement with roughly where I'm going um, I then draw out at actual size so that means the size of the book which is about I think it's a bit bigger than A4 um, so it'd be a, like an A3 size spread um, I draw out quite accurately accurately where I'd like things it helps me work out um, where the text is going to go um, that's usually my decision I'm told what um, pages the text is going to go on but I can work out whereabouts it's going to go is it going to be in black and white or is it going to be reversed and that helps me work out am I going to do quite a dark sky or do I need it to do it light enough for the text to lay over how big is the ghost going to be and so on when you talk about the text being reversed you mean I mean, um, so we will have a dark painted background or printed background and the text is actually white. So it's, it's, it's just the colour of the paper going through. So instead of being a printed black layer, it would be um, a space where the, the letters would be, um, but the artwork is around it effectively. Mm. One of the things that I did notice in the book was that there are some dark backgrounds with black printed on them. Yeah, that's a quite a it's a quite a tricky thing. It's a quite a tricky balance because obviously we want the reader to be able to read it easily, and it's it's always getting a balance between my artwork and an agreement where we decide we want it a really strong bold colour, but obviously it's got to be legible as well. So it, we I'm tr always trying to get enough drama. If it's a dark background, a dark night sky, I'm trying to add enough drama. But obviously, it's got to be legible as well. And you're quite right. There's quite subtlety um, in between some of those tones. I hope um, I've got the balance right. So I'm looking at the second image that you sent here with the fight. This is the one that is to size of yes. the actual book. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I notice straight away to the untrained eye is the delicacy of the pencil line compared to your thumbnail so you're using something quite different I, I presume you're using a different pencil here no uh, so, so the rough I um, the, the thumbnail rough is actually larger than it, it is in actual size so you can see it um, on your screen um, at, a, at a larger scale so the line itself has grown in width that's really interesting uh, to hear you uh, talk about that of course I should have realized with the image being much smaller uh, Brian Selznick, who you probably know from the book Hugo Cabret and yes. uh, all of those books, 
Uh, his drawings are actually very tiny. And when they're blown up, creates the quality of that line, which is really interesting. Absolutely. I mean, I still really love my thumbnail sketches. And I, I, I mean, sometimes you th- I do worry that you lose a, a sort of certain looseness from, you know, those initial drawings. Um, to, a, to a degree, I think you can't help but lose some of that because they have been drawn time and time again. And then you feel very confident by the time you're drawing the actual final roughs and artwork. But it's, I think it's, yeah, I mean, you, I know, like you say, some people purposefully choose to do that and almost purposefully choose to, um, to keep their roughs really, really loose and, and therefore their final artwork in the same way. Mm. One of the things that strikes me here is there is no woman ghost in this story. We've just got a kind of shape and outline of snow and then these beautiful coloured dots which I really love so when and where and how uh, did the snow ghost become a woman so um the original idea or my idea as well as the um art director and the editor team um at Bloomsbury um our original idea was we'd really like it if we could have um an abstract being to be the ghost we didn't want it to be um a figure of any any human sort of looking figure at all but yeah there was a decision made that, that I think that as an overall decision that actually maybe children perhaps wouldn't um or the young audience that we, we were working with maybe wouldn't read the abstract image as something maybe they wouldn't perhaps latch onto it maybe they wouldn't feel quite as drawn to it as as a more human-like figure um, and so the approach was to okay almost go back to the drawing board in terms of the ghost character and um yeah it was decided that okay I think we're going to do we're going to work on um, um almost a female ghost-like figure instead and so I basically went back to the drawing board with the character and, um, and and did lots and lots of, again, soft pencil drawings. I felt like she didn't want to have a strong outline. We didn't want something that was really solid looking. It still needed to have a very almost translucent ghost-like feel. Something made of snow, but not a really solid form. Um, but it did need to have, if you like, a human face um, and some, something that children could identify with. So when I look at the next image that you sent me, this has colour on it. So how do we get there? I very much led this. that I really felt like the ghost would be the thing, would be the colour. The ghost would be the thing with the coloured dots. But I really wanted to just really emphasise the cold. To me, when the snow is coming, the light is so different. There's no real strong sunlight. And so the whole light to me needed to almost feel quite neutral, quite grey and cold. <laughs> so I think it's got a really greeny grey sort of colour that you can see. Um, lots of textures I wanted to bring in. But then I wanted the snow ghost at that stage, which was still made of the dots, to, to be the warmth, the colour, the exciting, magical thing that was coming along. But the second image, the uh, colour image that we've got, yeah. it looks more defined now. Yeah, I think again, this is this is where. So I'd worked on the. the I think the the first image had actually got. I think I'd been thinking so many times about how we were going to do the ghost that I'd almost drawn this rough so many times. I think the actual painting, the actual artwork, because I use acrylic paint as well as pencil and um, coloured crayons, had almost become a little tight. So I, I try, retried, if you like, doing another sample artwork where I'd, I'd added some collage. And, it, and sometimes me cutting up some found uh, textures and patterns 
adding those, so here I've added them as foliage and trees, um, it gives me something that's not done by my hand to bounce against, something that um, I can react against that I'm not expecting. So I'm obviously in control of where I place these things, but it, it gives a certain depth and a darkness and a texture that my hand's not creating. And I, it just helped me loosen up a little bit. And I now, in fact, use quite a lot of different media within the images. And I definitely think it helps me loosen up. And that adds a sort of movement to an image. Sometimes I'll add five, six different medium, including collage, pastel, uh, charcoal, sort of whatever feels like now is going to add the texture, colour or tone um, that I think the image needs. And yet, uh, when I look at one of your pictures, it's still very clearly you. And I think that I find fascinating, you know, because sometimes people try lots of different things and each time the book looks so different, it doesn't look like them anymore. But with your pictures, even though you're trying lots of new things and experimenting, I look at it, I can still see that it's your artwork. What do you think is essentially you? Oh, that's a good question, Nikki. I think I think I think I have a delicateness to my or delicateness. Uh, uh, my hands are delicate. I think I have a quite uh, detailed um, line. I think it's quite gentle. I do like pattern. So even though I'm adding pattern with collage, I'm also adding it with pencil lines and dots. And and I like the texture that comes through with the acrylic paint I'm using. I think I use lots of layers of different patterns. I definitely, I think even if I've got one big element, like the ghost um, in, in the spread, for example, in Snow Ghost, I, def- I still like the dots that make a pattern. So I think I think pattern's definitely a, a strong thing in my work. And I, I like to be able to look in and see fine detail. I like you to be able to see the mark making. Um, I, I don't want a flat surface. I definitely feel like... I want the viewer to look and think, oh, I wonder how she's made that or, you know, that, that it's made of lots of different layers um, that you can look into um, and keep looking at. One of the things that really excites me is that when we had the Just Imagine Illustrators group all those years ago, we often talked about sort of trends and fashions in children's book illustration. And there definitely seemed to be a trend at that time for recreating the artwork of the 1950s and the 1960s and the two-colour printing style. And you've been able to remain true to who you are. Do you feel that now we're in a time where a wider range of illustration is being looked at? Hmm. I think at the moment that feels like there, you're probably right that it is wider. I'm conscious of certain uh, fashions, if you like, at the moment. I feel like there's definitely um, a liking for drawing and painting that looks more childlike. Um, I feel like even though the most amazing drafts people you know could draw in a highly realistic way more and more people I think are pushing back so that it's yeah almost like a childlike um hand that's drawing in it uh, uh, um, drawing in it and people drawing with crayons again people drawing with 
very simple chalks and and think things almost you really can see um the, the pencil line that they've used i feel like that there's a, quite a draw, strong draw towards that i think also there's a lot of foliage there's a lot of flowers a lot of pattern work coming into work at the um, illustrator's work at the moment interesting i think it's definitely different from when we were talking 10 years ago And tell us about these last two um, illustrations, because here we have got the personified angel, Snow Ghost. That's right. I mean, you say angel. We we, we strongly felt that I wanted her to look like... So we we decided, okay, we're going to work now with with a figure that is far more human-like. However... We didn't want her to be an angel, so she certainly doesn't have wings. But you're right. I think just being female and white and light, she does have that sort of um, angelic look to her. Uh, We very much felt that we didn't want her to have feet or legs. She shouldn't be a figure. Um, I very much was aware of not... Um, drawing something like the snowman, um, Raymond Briggs, the snowman, and 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 I wanted her to have be a, a very much a feminine, delicate figure. So it, it was quite tricky. It was quite tricky to have enough of an expression and a face to empathise with her and and to be drawn to the character, but not so strong that she was a solid figure. She was a solid um, um, human figure. So I, I was. It was quite hard not work adding her feet. I need she needed to have some length. She needed to be a suggestion that she was a larger um, size than human size. Um, you know, so she's almost cloud size um, coming across the sky. And so, so the drawings. It was I started drawing in pencil. I used lots of soft line and rubber as well to to take away some of the lines so that it looks much more ethereal and gentle. Um, and obviously, when when you start. Um, doing roughs for a book you usually work um, with pencil graphite roughs if I I personally bring too much color in at this stage um, I lose sight of the composition and it also sometimes gives the publishers the wrong impression of what the book might actually be like well do you know it's been such a delight catching up with you and there's so much depth and so much to talk about in your work of course when children read a book Uh, They just enjoy the story and are not aware of all the workings that go on to create these wonderful pictures on their behalf. But the fact that you've let us into your world and some insights this evening uh, is really great. So it's, it's been lovely, Diana. Thank you for joining me in the Reading Corner. It's been my pleasure, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. In the Reading Corner is presented by Nikki Gamble and produced by Alison Hughes. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a review for us. To find out about other projects, including an audience with events and the Exploring Children's Literature Summer School, visit www.exploringchildrensliterature.uk. Join us again soon in the Reading Corner on your favourite podcast platform.